when we were shoveling snow to play ball in February and March. For me, it's playing ice hockey with the boys and making that amazing pass. And when the clock went down to zero, every team just came down to the court and they started just to celebrate with us. And that moment was so pure because I just remember thinking, wow, like we're just a big team. Hey, this is Dominic Susi, and welcome to my purest sports moment. This episode is brought to you by Beat the Expert, a free virtual basketball gaming company that uses math to help players sharpen their skills to compete with basketball greatest hoopers. The data and analytics within the game enable a trainer, a coach, a scout to access the player's ability to change pace, rhythm, ball control, efficiency, and improve their skills level while their player turns into Einstein. Hey Rashad, hey Bianca. Rashad, I have to start right off the bat. So I've been thinking about your, your TikTok video, but also about your chess. Uh, you're talking about chess thing. Um, why are you afraid when you play chess to lose on your rating? I, I kind of confused me. Like, I, I was like, why is he like that? I'm so competitive, man. I mean, it. I, I actually get to the point to where if I lose my rating, like if I go drop below a certain number, I'm going to play and play and play until I get back to that rating. So... That's how competitive I am. <laughs> like, why? Like, I don't understand how you feel about the ratings. I feel the ratings are for me. Every time I open my computer, I actually play against someone who's like the same caliber as me. So that's pretty cool for me. So I don't understand why like it, it matters to you, like because obviously you're not trying to be like the next Manus Carson out there. So why does it matter uh, to you? That's interesting. I mean, I think it, it comes down to the the fact that I play bullet. If I didn't play a lot of bullet, like the one minute test, um, and people make me mad when they beat me sometimes, you know, especially if I know I'm better than them, you know, <laughs> so it's like, that's, I think that's the main thing is like proving to myself that, you know, those dumb mistakes were just, you know, mistakes and not, you know, something like, I don't know. So yeah, no, it's, it's something that I, I definitely need to work on. I appreciate you for helping me because this is like therapy right now. I need this therapy, man. <laughs> hey, second question. Did you receive the DVD that I sent you and have you tried it right now? Yes, I did. So so the crazy thing is no, so the crazy thing is my DVD player isn't working. I only got a Blu-ray player, so I gotta find a way to, I gotta find a way to watch it. Um, so what DVD is this? Yeah, yeah. So a uh, quick story like Bianca about that DVD actually it's a, a pretty long story but let, let make it like a pretty short for for now uh, actually when I was in my fifth year of college uh, here in Quebec City uh, I had a game on a Sunday night uh, on Sunday night at some point and my mom was like calling me in the morning and said hey do you want to go like to that church and meet some like people from an orphanage in uh, Uganda so I was like oh uh, I don't know like I have a game tonight but uh, yeah let me go And we went to uh, to that that place, that church, and I was just like stunned about like the the watoto, like what they're trying to do over there in Uganda. I was like, I have to do something. Like I have to do like more than just like like 
giving like five dollar at the end of the uh, of the uh, the show that they were giving and uh, it was like a choral, uh, like choral so that people like they were singing and stuff like that like giving giving testimonial so me uh, I, like being there like the church i was like can i use like sports actually to go to a new, a new level so like, i was like a good basketball player in canada but i was like can i use my platform actually to be much more than an athlete and that was my first Kind of time of that like trying to be like more than an athlete and on that day i was like all right man what what i'm good at in basketball is also like that creativity like to create new drills that's actually of basketball so i created a, a dvd 300 drills of of basketball actually and like i started with a like a, a it was like a pistol pete mervish like oh uh, nice pistol piece from raleigh you know he's from raleigh right yeah he went in high school. I was given uh, something from, a, yeah. from a, a girl like back in the day, like 50 drills. And actually I created after that, like a kind of a, a monster, like 300 drills of ball and ling, one ball, two ball, three balls. And we started selling that like um, over here in Canada. And at some point I had enough money to uh, to raise that we went, me and my wife on our honeymoon, honeymoon actually, uh, we went uh, to Spain, and after that, we went to Uganda, uh, helped build um, a school, helped be, build uh, some houses for the teachers and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a really great experience, actually. It was my, kind of my first time, like, really uh, trying to do something else than just be, like, a basketball player. I would love to go to – actually, one of, uh, uh, our program has uh, an orphan, orphanage in Uganda that we work with. So it would be, yeah, it would be great, uh, you know, to connect with anyone that you know over there because we that's that's part of our outreach. Yeah, I need to check who I know, like still know, like in Uganda, like in with the Watoto. Uh, it's, it was like a big, like like a village, like it was like a, it's not really an orphanage, like they actually like gave like like a new like mother like to eight kids uh, that needed. And they all live like now, like in the same house. And the, the village was so huge, like and so beautiful. So yeah, I had to check out like who I, I still know over there. Uh, was a yeah, it was kind of a, a nice. surreal experience. Yeah. So Rashad, now like I want to know like that that cool like pure purest port moment that you had like growing up like or like older and stuff like that. Like, is there a time like that you know like that's when I kind of fell in love like, with basketball or fell yeah. in love with sport. Yeah, well, so every summer, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina originally. Um, yeah, but every summer I would go to Boston. So uh, my dad actually lived in Boston. And my uh, my cousins, it was seven Division One athletes amongst us. <laughs> That's a pressure. <laughs> so we used to have some backyard battles, man. I'm talking about like. And that's when I kind of fell in love with basketball. And all of us, you know, not all basketball. One played football, another one ran track, uh, another basketball player, one rugby, uh, another uh, lacrosse. So we, we kind of had that, you know, but everybody was tough in their own way, you know, and they, they it was it was some battles backyard, man. So that's kind of where, where uh, you know, I, I kind of found my passion for the game. And then also my mom and dad played, so they always would uh, kind of be on me. And, and and so, long story short, my mom and dad met on the basketball court, and at at my school, 
for the same school I played for, they were both playing. So, <laughs> so it was crazy. Like it's like I'm like I, you know, some of the things in my life, I'm like God is is amazing because it's like I, I don't even know how that happened, you know. Um, but they used to always talk about Hampton, so maybe it got in my subconscious that I should go to Hampton University and play. So, um, okay, okay. So, what was the first time you actually beat your mother and your father at basketball one on one? <laughs> so the crazy thing is that neither one of them really. Uh, really played as as older individuals like they were working you know it was like work was was it you know what i mean but they would get on me you know like they would they would get on me about not playing the right way or whatever um but no one no one we never played against each other that's crazy right <laughs> <laughs> bianca did you play against your sibling your father mother like when you were growing up growing up oh Gosh, no, it's it's just so funny that you talk about the backyard games, right? So similarly, I grew up in a very athletic family. There were five kids. We all played nice. sports to an extent in college, right? So, uh, but they were all different sports, right? It was like crew, track, hockey, things that wouldn't really overlap. But we were a very big skiing family. I'm from the Northeast. So that was the time that we were competitive with one another. And there's like my, yes, there's like my like four foot seven ass, <laughs> like at six years old, like trying to race my six foot seven brother that's 12 years older than me being like, no, it's my turn to win. like, that's, that's how I remember athletics, <laughs> it, like within my family. But, you know, I mean, Dom and I've talked about this otherwise, Rashad, how important was it for you to grow up in that environment where your parents were so supportive of your athletic career, where you were surrounded by all these athletes that you could just kind of get yeah, out and play it, with? I mean... I think it, especially when you think about mental health, I know, um, especially when we when we think about your pure sports moment, I think you kind of always go back to that. You know what I mean? You always go back to like when you play sports sometimes or when you, you know, because it's, it's like that safe haven. It, it keeps you kind of, um, it keeps you grounded, so to speak. Like you're, you're always like, so like having them support me, it was like, you know, my, I don't know if my mom missed a game. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. So, yeah. Yeah. So having that support, I mean, it just, it just makes you, it, it makes you keep going. You know, those days when you're like, I don't feel like getting out of the bed and you think about her, you're like, all right, man, let me, let me get, <laughs> let me get up and, and get this ball handling drill in or whatever. Right. So uh, even if it's cold outside, you're like, all right, man, let me run. You know, I really don't feel like it. So I think it just it drives you, you know. It take and and I, I it kind of has carried over in, into business as well. I know um, you both probably have, feel that as well from from sports. That days, man, so. sometimes I feel right now I'm like 18. <laughs> like I just went actually like just a couple of days ago. Went with my wife. We went like to a new activity, like just learning something new. Like we went like skiing in, into like a big big mountain in Quebec where we actually have to climb the mountain with some skin under our skis so we climbed for like an hour 30 or something okay. like that it was really really tough like so tough and then we went to kind of the top of the mountain and over there we actually clipped both of our skis and it's called a split board so we clip both of our skis and we actually do a snowboard with it and then we just glide down the, the slope and the feeling of just like knowing that you actually just are riding the, the slope after You didn't take no lift to go out there. You just took like, it's just your own ability to climb the hill. That was like a beautiful meaning, uh, like feeling. And that was like a purest like sport moment for, moment for me. And I have still like some of that, like, like 
every time like I, uh, yeah. I do like business and everything like right now in my like in my life that I feel like like I'm still on that grind uh, com compared to where I was like 18 when I was 18 like just like trying to get out there and be the best basketball player possible and that people didn't like can I not believe in me and stuff like that but I just didn't care actually I was just, just love just the, the pure love for the game and just love for the grind love for just go out there and get my craft in so now it's kind of the same do you have this right now like uh, Rashad like in your daily life or just like outside of basketball do you have something like that that's just like that's pure for you yeah uh lately I feel it you know it's kind of on and off being you know in business because especially being an entrepreneur because it's like you know, you have good days and bad days, you know, <laughs> and you have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a good day and you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm back to, to playing again. And you have a bad day. You're like, man, I, I wish I was playing, you know? So um, with business is kind of, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. I know Shaq is a good example. I know Shaq said that, you know, that's the reason why he DJs because it makes him feel like he's playing in, a, in an arena again with a full crowd and it's hard to simulate that you know like even like when I was playing like <laughs> we know, would know nothing about that like the game you know those games where the crowd isn't really there like there's you know it's kind of <laughs> it's a little turnout for whatever reason maybe it's raining outside or maybe you're playing a bad team it's like it's hard to get up for those games so I, I try to get into that mode and 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 I think that's what they, they say with like mamba mentality right like try to get in that mode like in the morning like I might listen to something I might go for a run or whatever but I try to get in that game mode before I start working and I think that helps me you know uh to kind of you know regardless of what's going on to continue and actually to do a better job so so yeah so I think I I, I do kind of tap into that you know that uh what do they call it um when you're in the as what is it uh, i can't remember the name for it. when you're in the flow or whatever like yeah in the zone in the zone <laughs> yeah so like i try to get you know into the in, in the zone but you know it's kind of back and forth but i remember when i was playing sometimes like there's nothing else going on right like it's like you're so in the moment you're you know like people may be yelling your name in the crowd you can't hear anything <laughs> so it's like no i was just gonna say you know like kind of talking about the business aspect of things. And I, I'm very adamant about this when I talk to people, you know, like how being an athlete has transformed me as someone in business, as an entrepreneur, how I can bring that energy. Do you think, you know, as someone who's into entrepreneurship, there is something vital making that transition from an athlete into business? Like, have you been able to take, you know, that drive, that feeling, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. Like if I've had a rough day at the office and just like this is it i'm not touching anything but when things are going i'm like let's yep. conquer the whole yep. damn world which is how i used to be you know on the ice um do you feel like as a business person as an entrepreneur you would be different without having that athletic background oh definitely um my uh the the only thing that's driving me to continue this down this path right now and not quit <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, it is, you know, just that, you know, that drive that I developed when I was playing, like everybody kind of telling you, even, even if, you know, you making a narrative up in your mind that people are like, you can't do it, you know, or, you know, you're not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
I always think about, you know, like uh, the time where I, I had zero points in a game in, um, in high school. And I was like, I'm ready to quit, man. Like, I suck. I had zero. You know? <laughs> Granted, I was the point guard, though. So I shouldn't have been thinking that way. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I was about to be like, what position did you yeah, play? Like, Rondo has zero Give points all break. the time, but he still affects the game. So I should have been thinking that way. But you know, as a kid, you know, the only thing, only thing, especially in our day and age, like you know, there was no, uh, there was no YouTube or nothing like that, or or like streaming or anything. So the only only way they really either they were at the game or they saw the box score and they saw that you had zero. <laughs> So like that psychologically was so tough. So yeah, I think keeping that mindset of like, bro, you have you 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 know a lot of people are like, you know, I'm I'm doing it, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm like, bro, I got zero. I got to figure out a way to score. You know what I mean? Like I got to figure out a way to win. So I think that definitely helped. I think, I think the, like the thing for me is like quitting, like. Being like a, a, an athlete and having like perform at a high level, like for a lot of years and stuff like that, I know like it takes like yep. 10 years to be good at something. So you have have to like go into your craft and be good for like 10 years and then you're going to be something. So I remember like back in the days, like people were like, like, like I was not that good, like a 15 year old, like I was just an okay player. And yep. but like people around me, like they were like not as serious as I was. And as I was like, in love with the game and just the grind of the game as I was. So they were more like focused on like winning losses. And I was like, man, as soon as the summer was coming, as soon as the, the end of the se season was coming, I was like, all right, cool. This is my season. This is me right now. And this is me like going out there like in the summertime and just like, like working on my craft. And that's something that I thought like, like people were like after that, like uh, eight years after like uh, after that, like, after my high school, I was like a professional player and pretty good, like a pretty good, like college player over here. And people were like, who's this? Like, I, I used to like beat him, like when I, when he was 14 or 15, but I was like, yeah, like that was like back in the days. But you remember like that summer, you didn't do nothing or like that two months break you took or like the parties, that you, parties that you go to and stuff like that. I didn't go to parties that much like because I didn't want to be like, like, like drunk or something like that because like the next day on a Saturday, I wanted to be like in the gym or outside. That was me. So uh, that's how I feel like right now that as a business, it's going to take me like 10 years to be good at something. But like, I'm going to grind it out. Like, and for me, like the athlete part is that I know like I have a pathway. Like if you, if you grind into something, if you get your mind to something, if you focus into something after 10 years, you're going to be good at it. You're going to be great at it. And knowing it because I, I, I did it as an athlete, it's just helping me like believe in myself because if not, I would have quit like five years ago or like eight years ago in my project because like, it doesn't go as like as smooth as you always want. But you kind of remember, uh, yeah, I remember Dom, like it wasn't smooth for basketball. It wasn't smooth at all. So that's something that always like, I think uh, that's inside of me. And I think athletes uh, that have succeeded in sport and for a long time, they all have that common knowledge of like, you're going to take some time. This is going to be a grind. And when they, you can actually take that at, after that, like in your after sport life. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I then following up on a question for both of you, then, you know, like we're talking about this tribe, we're talking about, you know, being that under like 
I should just get a tattoo of underdog on me somewhere at this point because it's like my favorite word in the English dictionary. Um, but, you know, coming with that mentality of constantly working, grinding it out, you know, how in your adult lives as business people, you know, you have to at some point separate yourself oh, yeah. from that grind because you will burn out. As athletes, all of us on this phone call at one point or another, whether due to injury, mental, people, you know, a variety of factors have yeah. those kind of burnout moments. Now, when you're talking about business and still bringing that athletic mentality, what do the two of you do to kind of bring yourself back in to make sure that you aren't burning out, to make sure that, yeah, you know, you're tapping into that mama mentality when it's the right time. And otherwise, oh, yeah. you know, you're playing chess, you're going with your kids. Like, what do you find works for you? I'll let you go ahead first. <laughs> yeah. I see it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm always ready. Uh, one of the thing, like, uh, for me, like, like I have a family, I have kids, so they're my balance, actually. My wife, my balance, my kids, my balance. So, like, it's, it's pretty different from other people. Like, for me, like, like when it's, like, the, the clock hits, like, 4, like, 30 or something like that, like, like, I have to be, like, a daddy, like, until, like, 8. And, and after that, like, 8.30. And after that, like, it's my wife time, too. Like, so it's mostly, like, that's my, my life. So I don't work that much at night. Sometimes I do, like, a podcast with you guys. But other than that, it's mostly I'm trying to do all my stuff, be focused in, in the daytime. And one thing that really helps me, actually, other than just having a family, is having that daily routine. So my routine's always the same, kind of, kind of like, all the same. I... Like take my kids go to school. I take my my youngest like go to the kindergarten. After that, I come back, take a coffee, play chess, one game. Not trying to do too much. Uh, after that, whatever the ratings. <laughs> after that, like um, I read for 15 minutes. After that, I open my Zoom actually, and record uh, a message for my kids. So we call that the daddy story. So we, I'm trying to get a hundred story in a year where I, I just speak to them and they're going to be only able to listen to it when they're 18. So that's my, my cool stuff. And, and after that, I'm, uh, I'm on, on the work. So for me, like it's, uh, that balance, it's, uh, it's really important. And then the third thing is, uh, like the, the cell phone stuff, like at the, like most of the time, like on the weekends, like I go, I love to go like cross country, like skiing and stuff like that. I just leave my phone over there and I just don't watch it. So it's something that you have to learn. I think like just to, at some point you gotta live it. So yeah, that's my, that's my, like my three things that I always do, but it's all like, it's all about family for me. Yeah. Like if I, like if I didn't get my family, I'd probably like work until like 1 PM, 1, 1 AM in the morning, like every day, because I just love what I do right now. But like, it's helping me right now. Like you just have it like a, like a better balance to have my kids and say, Hey, like, but that's the most important thing for me. Like I, I didn't grow up with a father and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm always there for them too. So uh, it's really important for me like to have that, that balance and to, so that's, that's my main thing actually, how I can manage like uh, not to be too much like anxiety, anxiety of like a mental health. They'll help. They actually helping me and my wife's helping me all the time. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I developed this this thing that I do and I and I you know it's it's starting to uh I I've kind of started to create my own it's kind of I've, I've kind of started to change it but um there was some there was a book uh called The Miracle Morning it was by uh how how Elroy and basically it was called uh Lifesavers and what 
basically his you know just as a long that. story short he uh got into like a fatal almost like a fatal accident like you would think that he would would die from this accident and while he was you know everybody thought he was going to die or he wasn't going to be able to walk or whatever it was and then he this is what he did every morning and he said it, it helped him to be able to walk again and it was uh uh lifesavers and and s was silence uh uh a was affirmations, V was visualizations, E is exercise, uh, uh, R, hold on, lifesavers, can't remember what that is, and then uh, scribing was reading and inscribing. So, uh, what what is scribing? Scribing, uh, writing, writing. So, oh, writing, yeah, writing is good, yeah. man. I like it. Yeah, so like I'll write every day too. So I try to do all of that. I used to try to do all in the morning. What do you write? Like fiction, poetry? Like what do you write? Uh, normally I'm just. It's more like journaling, you know. Uh, and then I ask myself questions, like um, the questions in which I feel like, you know, like one of the questions I ask myself a lot is, you know, what is the what is the one thing I need to do today so that my business is more successful or whatever, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Um, and try to on like. Yeah, like try to try to get my mentality where I'm focused in on something and that focus is, is enabling me to, to get better. And I wish I would have done that even in, you know, sports or college or whatever. You know, there's just so many things coming at you on a daily basis. It's so hard to really focus. So and that's why. Yeah, that's one thing like writing for me. Like, yeah, that's one thing like I used to do like like before COVID, like I used to actually in my routine used to write for 15 minutes like fiction i have like a fiction book that i read it's not good it's not a good fiction book it's not it's not great it's not good it's just in french like i love it i love to write and it was like something that i started to do like and it was really like creative like you have to be in your focus and stuff like that i love it actually and for some reason because of covid like kids were at home more and stuff like that i start i stopped doing it and now i can't find the the time in my routine to go back to it and but I know it was like something that I was just like enjoying so much, like just write, reading that fiction. Like I just loved it back in the day. So I'm I'm gonna go back for to it like for sure in the next like weeks or days. Hey, Bianca, Bianca, like, let me ask you this: like we like we the boy, like we go deep right now. We you asking questions about us and stuff like that. Like we go deep. Like, but what about you? Like, do you have like a thing that a thing that like you go like to make sure that you actually good in a good place uh, mental wise so yeah of course i'm pulling a classic me and making you guys answer the deep questions and just sitting here uh deflecting but no so you know talk about pre-covid um so i actually had an experience when i was living and working in new york where i passed out one morning on the q train like i was that person that everybody hates because i stopped their commute but it was because i was dehydrated i was exhausted I'm 23 years old and I'm collapsing from exhaustion. Like something's wrong. And I wasn't taking that time. Um, and I was grinding like both <laughs> doing both ends of the sword all hours of the day. And so I got really serious about both my morning and my night routine. Um, so when I was living in New York, I now live in Nashville, but when I was living in New York, I would walk two miles to work. I would not look at my phone. I'd put it on a playlist, put it on airplane mode. Just be like, this is my time to think about me what I need to get done that day, how I'm just feeling that day, you know, checking in with myself as I'm walking, how my feet feel on the ground. Um, but now that I live down here and it's COVID, it's a little bit different. So 
I am more in the, you know, wake up and listen to a podcast, make sure I get my 15 minutes of reading time in. I'm, you know, Rashad, I love that you bring up journaling because I'm just getting back into that. And I love the idea of asking yourself a question because I'm usually just like, how do I feel this morning? And I'm like, I'm not caffeinated enough. Um, but then at night, you know, I found that mornings were really powerful, <laughs> right? But it's, <laughs> these are things that I think on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but I was, what I was finding was the morning time was great, but night I also needed to take care of myself, right? You know, as we talked about having that stressful day, you know, what do you do to blow off steam? So, you know, I work a lot in mobility. So like doing different types of like Pilates exercises, nothing to like really build up the sweat, but just to remind myself that like, you have to get away from the computer. You have to stop, you know, looking at your email. Um, and then <laughs> uh, usually what I'll do is I'll write, you know, what I was thankful for that day. Because so many times I'm, and I have been, you know, rushing through life. And right now with the pandemic, it's perfect to kind of sit with yourself and be like, okay, what did I accomplish today? You know, it's, it's hard to get down from that high, right? Like, it's really hard if you're grinding it out all day and you're like, today was amazing. And then you get in your bed and you're like, I can't wait for tomorrow. But then you wake up exhausted <laughs> because you were so on the next day. No, and my friends will make fun of me because they're like, how do you have 27 hobbies? I'm like, I just don't shut off. Like, I, I know this, like, I just won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, two things. One big thing that I think all three of us touched on is the important part of checking in with yourself mentally, right? The things that made you feel good. Dom, writing fiction, I think is amazing. You know, Rashad, like I've never heard of Sabres before and I like wanna go write that down. Um, because, you know, as we're talking about athletics and how that translates, my personal experience, you know, even just starting sports 20 years ago, there was no conversation around mental health, right? really and how athletes feel and how we turn that drive into something that's successful and powerful after athletic careers technically stop, right? So it's like, how do you step away from like Rashad, the guy in the basketball court to being Rashad, the man in the business room successfully? Like I- Yeah, I think it's go back to like the, just the, the title of this podcast, like the, your, your purest sport moment, like like that. Uh, like I'm trying to get like to people to realize that maybe, and not to realize, but like, People that ask uh, that go like on the the TikTok with me and, and on the podcast, most of the time like they're not talking about like that buzzer beater that they, that they did or I don't know that that like victory. They're mostly talking about that feeling, that's kind of like inner feeling that they they, they, they had like just doing sport and off how good it felt like. So and most of the time it's like there's no referees, there's no coach. Like oh that's that's a great feeling, and I think that. In life too, like we we have to have like those kind of stuff that you recognize that uh, we have to stop like focusing that much on the result and stuff like that and money and like salary and stuff like that and just like like embrace the embrace the process the process embrace embrace the grind embrace like embrace like everything that comes with it and like there's moment like everywhere in our daily life. And I think that's like the pure moment. Like we have to embrace it. We gotta have more gratitude like to it. And like, I'm, we talking about sport, but we also talking about life, like at some point. Um, <laughs> I have a question for y'all um, because uh, you know, me creating something that's innovative and uh, you know, and you know, I, I, I like to call it kind of like, you know, a new esport just because, you know, we're doing something, um, we're doing something that is virtual and it's in a, it's a competition. So 
Um, and basically what they're doing, they're competing. It's, it's you know, they're dribbling a ball and uh, a basketball, hopefully. And uh, they're, they're, competing, they're competing in regards to, you know, math. So um, it's a math competition. And um, you guys doing something innovative to where there's a whole other sport. And I know when you, like go to other people they might look at you like you're crazy like you're doing what you know what I mean? <laughs> y'all are doing what i mean of course you know now that people are kind of know about it especially in canada um it's a little bit easier but what were those conversations like uh within amongst yourselves and then also like um how did you get through some of those days where you were like they just don't get it you know what i mean because you know sometimes you know, i'm I'm <laughs> so I would love to hear your feedback. Oh man, yeah, I've never <laughs> been really called like crazy about it. And one of the reasons actually is that as soon as I started the project, there was like the best basketball player, best football player, soccer player, like volleyball players. Actually, they all came like with, with that's me, awesome, actually, and they were just like doing this new sport with me. So it was never like, oh, like what is this dude and stuff like that. And so. Maybe like some journalists and some media people were like, like, what are you like, uh, were you like smoking and stuff like that? Well, what is this thing? Because they can't, don't know like the, the whole vision. Mm. So they don't, they don't understand how you can actually create a sport. And for me, it was never about just creating a sport. It's about creating like a new sport ecosystem. I couldn't write it down that much, like my, what I had in my mind, but now we have it. Now we do like the podcast over here. Now we have that website that we pushing right now at pureinstinct.com and there's like something like there's a vision there and now like I can ex I actually express myself uh, better but there was time like I was like not feeling good about it because like but now that I know I, I was taking stuff more, too personal uh, but when you're creating something like it's like creating art like when you create art and then like people don't show up to your art gallery I'm guessing you're not feeling right but like for me it was like all right, let's organize a game. I, like everything was planned. And then like 30 minutes before a game, like people don't show up because they say, hey, like, I have to I have this or I have that. And you like taking personal. And uh, like after that one year after that, like, I just realized that, oh, you know what? Those people that was like really feeling that made, made me feel bad. They actually, my, my, my core people, they're the people, the ambassador and stuff like that. It was just like a bad day. It's just like, so don't take it personal for me. And now that I do that, it's much better. Like it's much better. And I never like really cared about what, what people say. Like I, I was like a bit kind of an odd, odd guy, like anyway, out there. So it doesn't matter to me like a bit like that. People say, Hey, like he doesn't some stuff like that's kind of different from, from me. Like I don't really mind like if I brush people the, the wrong way on that and that's okay. That's, that's not my, that's not my, my goal, but like, I just want to, live the way i want and i have like a, a project right now that i feel so strongly about that it's it's tough for me not to just push it <laughs> like it's just tough it's just like something and so i don't really care if people think hey he, it's crazy like everything like uh, everything's crazy until it's not so and my my partner actually like my, my co-founder with me he he's he been working on an emerging sport and stuff like that he, he's telling me like you know what like like every sport like out there was crazy until it wasn't. So, you know, so that's, that's what I like. UFC was so crazy. Like, and now it's like a 4 billion company. So yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. Nice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many moving parts too. Like, like I know you guys probably feel the same way. It's like we had, I, I you know, I had a program, I had the curriculum, 
I have the game. So it's just like I'm I'm I feel like I'm doing a whole bunch of jobs all at once. Like it's it's uh it's so much going on and then, you know, it, you don't have, you know, uh one of the things that I always address is that there's you know, uh limited capital especially um amongst uh, you know, uh, people of color founders, uh, black founders, like it's less than, um, I think it's less than 1%. So, um, looking at, looking at it from that standpoint, I kind of just kept my head down and, and worried more so about the product, you know, building out the product and, uh, and hopefully, you know, that, that, you know, that's when the more and more I like research and look at, listen to different people, like, um, you know, even Elon Musk said it, he was like, the product is the most important thing. Stop focusing on, you know, uh, 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 the balance sheet and all of that stuff. He was like, if you make a good product, if you make, make things, uh, or you make, I don't want to say the word, but if you make sh people, people want, then they will, they'll get it. <laughs> Yeah, I've been talking about uh, with my wife about that, and I've been thinking a lot about that, that like like black people, black founders and stuff like that, and women also. Like I think that both are kind of the same boat. Um, there's there's a thing with black founder that we have like the we have culture differently. We see culture differently. Uh, for for me, like if you talk about basketball, let's say, and you talk like I talk to investor about basketball, they thinking about what they think about NBA. But I'm like, yeah, like for me, like basketball, yeah, it, it's cool. The NBA is cool. But I'm also thinking about the N1 mixtape. Like I grew on the N1 mixtape. So like for me, like those kind of stuff, like going to the playground, though, like the, the, the music around basketball, that's that's basketball too. Like that, that's a culture. And that's something that I think that sometimes like people don't really like really, really grasp. So that's for me. Uh, and when I when I say to people and like, people are like, they don't believe in culture and stuff like that most of the time. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But people like actually will have like two pack in front of them and say, hey, I don't believe in hip. In, I, I don't think this hip hop thing is going to work out. And now we only have like hip hop like everywhere in our culture. So I think that people don't understand. I think that black people have a history with culture that's really like you, you can see at some point that they kind of figure it out okay and when you're going to play like pure instinct at some point uh, Rashad and Bianca you're going to see hey this is like like incredible this is amazing this is like by athletes for athletes that's the mentality over here it's not about like making money or how can I like hack the system how can I find like the new app cool stuff nah man <laughs> it's about like how can I how can I bring a change in my community changing the, the sports culture and we have a sport at the core so that's something incredible i think that people are going to realize and that you're going to feel as soon as you touch the sport and that's something pretty cool and and that, that's why i say like i'm, I'm trying to be, build like the the hip-hop of team sports <laughs> a bit bianca do you do you feel like uh from a from a woman's perspective like it's 2021 so i just want to know as a woman do you do you feel like it's the same with you, like you have to still deal when you walk into a room, you still have to like deal with like, like, all right, I got, I know yes. these men are going to be looking at me. Like she's a woman. She doesn't know anything. Like, do you still have to deal? You still feel that way? Oh, okay. So let me paint you a picture. I am a 25 year old, uh, white woman in New York. Um, and I walk into a tech room full of men. The last co-working space I was in was 
107 men and four women. Wow. Not only that, but I'm a woman who writes for Formula One, who's played ice hockey, who's played on boys teams, that I do things that you wouldn't technically gender a woman associate. I'm on this podcast, right? Like, you know, people look at me and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, you don't know cars. And I'm like, oh, so you know how a McLaren engine works? And they're just laughing. <laughs> like, it, it is constantly proving myself on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, I think both of you are really getting at and what the reason I still work so hard the way I do, you know, when men look at me and they're like, oh, you're not in tech. Like, yeah. fight me. One. Um, <laughs> two, you know, what I always think is I'm building things that resonate with people, right? Like what you both are doing. The first time I talked to Dom, we were just having friendly conversation. And I was like, I'm all in on pure instinct. How can I help? Nice. Because I felt that passion. I saw that you were that there was a need in the market and that also other athletes like me would just jump at the bit, yeah. right? So Rashad, you know, you're- The fact that men and women can play is space. Right. Um, and so Rashad, like esports is like this crazy wild west, yeah. right? Like, but it's getting the attention it deserves right now. You know, with all the Valorant tournaments that are happening with the Fortnite World Cup, like the integration of tech and sports is something to me that's like, that shouldn't have happened so long yeah. ago. <laughs> um, yeah. But the fact that, you know, what I really think stands true when you're a minority founder going and talking to someone. Um, and a big thing for me is like, to form, if you build it, they will come, mm -hmm. right? So if you're building something that really resonates with people, you're creating these communities, there is a point where that just can't be denied, right? Like yep. you're able to jump on a conversation and you feel that burn in your soul that you go, yes, this is what I want. This is what I didn't know I was missing. Yep. You know, I, Dom's saying, I want to show this to my kids, right? You want to bring them up in this space. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I always, you know, I look at that less than 1% number and I'm like, this is insane, yeah. right? <laughs> and the, the stories that I hear from other women when they're trying to raise is asinine. Great word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Hey, 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 and we're gonna finish on that too. Like, and there's one thing that I want to say about that, like uh, Rashad, is that, um, like, there's something about women too. Like, they, 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 there's something like women. I think they are are, are strong, man. <laughs> are so strong. And I, I've been talking to a lot of them, and I've been talking actually just uh, yesterday to a snowboarder, like a woman snowboarder, and uh, she was talking about like how like she has to be uh, intelligent and how she has to be like uh, no no some so much more than just snowboard to be able to actually be an olympian so you know like that snowboarding like when they have to go to those big mountains in europe and like japan and all the, those places that like, they have to actually pay their tickets like plane tickets and everything like to go there so they have to be do, to have sponsors but like most of the sponsors go to the to the men and women they they have some but like the top women have everything and then the women like under it like they have quite nothing so the, the the people that are under they're quitting on the sport not because of the lack of love for the sport it's just like i mean lack of money at some point like you don't they don't have money to compete so and she actually did like a kind of became, became like an expert in social media and how to get sponsors and stuff like that so so much that for her career but also she now helps other athletes, other Olympians to reach out to the right sponsor and to reach out on social media. And she has her own company. And it's just like, can you imagine like you, you have to like be good and great 
at your own sport at snowboarding and stuff like that but also if you're a woman you're probably gonna have to be great at something else like she was like she had to go and find how to be an expert in something else like like while she was doing an expert in snowboarding and that's not something that we don't have like you you don't see uh to do with men uh in most of most of the sports let's say so i think that that versatility is something that's come both ways like for black funders but also like for women like i see a lot like for women so i, I think they're strong man. you have to be versatile you have to as a as a black founder as a minority founder you have to be versatile and you know once again when i'm that's you know why i'm really passionate about being like, if you build it, they will come because they'll see that passion from the jump because you have to have it built into the fabric of your company from day one. All right, man. So we're going to stop on that. It was like the perfect podcast. I love it, Rashad. Uh, the cool thing about this podcast is that you never know. Like, we never know like where we're going to talk and stuff like that. I didn't talk. I think we're going to talk about my honeymoon and uh, well, you have to go and uh, watch that DVD that I send you and we're going to talk it over and stuff like that. Uh, Bianca, always a pleasure. See you guys. Take care.